This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast with all the latest business and market news from around the world. And today we speak to Jeff Halley in Singapore. Good morning from London, Jeff. And good afternoon from Asia. Jeff, UK mortgage lending rose by the highest monthly amount on record in March, and that's certainly been driven by this frenzied rush of people looking to buy property ahead of the expected ending of the stamp duty holiday. A net mortgage borrowing £11.8 billion in March. That is the strongest since records began, and this data published by the Bank of England. Now, some economists and analysts are concerned that we are at risk of getting close to property bubble territory. Do you think there's a danger of that? I know that that this is something which has been replicated around the world over the last few months. Well, certainly when you look at countries such as New Zealand, uh, where the Reserve Bank has been basically ordered to step in and do some measures to control the rate of increase in the property market uh, over there, there's talk about macroprudential uh, restrictions coming in for, in Australia and also in Singapore, we're seeing accelerating property markets uh, right across the world. This is all comes down to uh, the 0% unlimited amounts of central bank money that are flushing around in the world and this is causing asset price appreciation. We can see this in commodities, we can see it in stock markets, we will also see it in property markets and it's very much like uh, post uh, the global financial crisis where banks cut rates to the bone again and instead of hyperinflation what we got was asset price inflation, house prices went up. This is the sort of thing we're seeing at the moment. Is this a bubble for the UK? There's a couple of factors going on here, I think, which mean that it's not necessarily so. The first is, as you mentioned, the stamp duty uh, holiday uh, looks like it's finishing soon and buyers are rushing ahead uh, to buy properties ahead of that. But secondly, the UK has been in a non-stop series of lockdowns over the past year. And it may well be that potential buyers and sellers have just not been able to physically market or go out and buy properties. With the UK economy reopening, buyers can actually go out and view properties, sellers can actually list their properties on the market. And we may be seeing this pent up, uh, pent up uh, de- uh, supply and demand uh, for transactions, if uh, that makes sense to you, uh, coming to the market quite quickly. So I think it's a combination of factors, but I don't necessarily feel we're in bubble territory just yet. Okay, Uh, let's turn to the latest PMI. Uh, The manufacturing sector expanded at its fastest pace in almost 27 years as demand rebounds ahead of the uh, easing of lockdown measures. Now, I suppose it's dangerous to look at these figures historically because we've started at such a, a low bar. Everything looks incredible when you think about GDP and some of the other data. But nonetheless, this is further indication that the UK is coming out of this economic crisis perhaps better than expected. Yeah, look, the first week of the month is always... uh sees a huge release of PMIs from uh, around the world. Asian ones came out quite strong uh, on on Monday, as did the, the US ones, uh, and we're seeing uh, them holding up in Europe and strong PMIs in the UK. The PMI data, the Purchasing Manager Index data, I like because it's a good uh, directional sign. Uh, well, it's a good sign for the general direction of the economy. So when 
The PMI is a remaining expansion area above 50. That means that economic activity is uh, increasing. And when they increase on a month-on-month -month basis, which is what they've been doing, uh, above that 50 level, that's a very good indicator that the economy, economic activity is expanding and the, and the economies are growing. So all in all, I, I think it, it, it's a really positive signal that uh, the, the world's economy and also the UK's economy, of course, because of its vaccination success, uh, that recovery is starting to accelerate. And uh, I mentioned the Bank of England a little earlier regarding the mortgage lending figures. Of course, they will be sitting the Monetary Policy Committee over the next couple of days to discuss what to do with rates. Well, there's a very simple answer to that. Nothing, I would imagine. Obviously, we're not expecting any change to rates when they make that announcement tomorrow. And the chance of what was vaunted for quite some time of negative interest rates, that's well and truly gone out the window now. I suppose the only way is up, but it's going to take some time. Yeah, it's not without risks, I feel. And I think the biggest risk here is complacency that the Bank of England won't surprise anybody. Now, if you look at implied uh, volatilities in the options market, they normally spike over Bank of England or any central bank meeting. In this case, this week, they haven't spiked at all. So the market is 100% pricing that this is going to be a non-event. There could be a couple of risk factors here, though. Uh, the main one being that although the Bank of England will hold rates steady and keep their outlook unchanged, uh, and they will keep their quantitative uh, easing uh, guilt-buying targets unchanged, what they could potentially hint at is that they may try to reduce those guilt holdings before they start raising rates. Now that uh, would probably see uh, the sterling rise because that would be the first hint by a major central bank that they are seriously considering uh, tapering uh, this ultra-loose monetary policy, even if nothing happens over the next six months. So there is a smidgen of a risk here uh, for um, for sterling. And sterling has been under pressure versus the euro of late as well, and is probably overdue some sort of correction uh, on, on, on in euro sterling terms as well. So uh, potentially euro sterling could head quite a bit lower as well. So yes, on the surface, uh, it's it's going to be a non-event, but it is not without risks, and listeners should probably keep an eye out uh, for that quantitative easing uh, targeting and reduction uh, risk that I mentioned. And I think there's also going to be an inflation report as well tomorrow, so that could affect things, both sterling and future potential rate rises as well. Yeah, look, uh, we're seeing uh, higher inflationary numbers all over the world now. There's a few things at play here. A, economies are reopening and consumers are coming out to spend money, which is usually price inflationary. Secondly, we have these logistical bottlenecks uh, around the world, which are, are, are causing supply chain disruptions inflationary, huge demand for commodities, so these base ingredients for these products we use in everyday life. Uh, so, you know, when you put those all in context, we are seeing some quite strong price uh, uh, stresses coming through. But I, this sort of inflation, this price inflation, it's, infl it's, it's uh, transitory inflation. So in CPI terms, it goes into the CPI uh, during the year, and then as the new year rolls over, it drops out again. It's not the sticky wage price spiral 1970s inflation that we saw in Britain that hollows out an economy and uh, basically sucks away future growth and, and hope. So yes, we do have inflationary, but I, I'm not really going to get too 
concerned about it unless we start seeing large pressure on upward movements in um, in, in wages. So, uh, and I, I just don't see that happening because, uh, in all honesty, uh, lots of people are still out of work from the pandemic, and I don't see prices, uh, wage stresses re-emerging in the global economy uh, anytime soon until that is corrected. Looking to the rest of the week, Jeff, on Friday I'll be talking to your colleague Ed Moyer in New York and we'll react to the latest non-farm payroll figures. What are the expectations at the moment for US jobs when they make that announcement on Friday? Well, we have ADP employment tonight and I think the number that's been bandied around there is about uh, 500,000. Anyway, it's it's not been a hugely... Um, hasn't been a great indicator of the non-farms of late, but if that exceeds uh, its um, forecast uh, substantially, that would also increase the noise that the non-farms will exceed forecasts on Friday. Around The market at the moment is around 900,000 jobs to be added uh, for April, which will be an impressive figure. But I do feel that the risks are, given the pace of the US recovery as it reopens, uh, that that number could exceed 1 million. And I, and I believe that the risks then, if it is well above uh, 1 million jobs, is that we could see upward pressure on US yields. And in that case, that might be slightly negative for equities, but positive for the US dollar in the short term. Uh, the growth of 7 or 8% uh, by the US and GDP terms this year is not consistent in my mind with US 10-year interest rates being at 1.5%. I think sooner or later, one side or the other is going to have to, to break. And what else, as far as the rest of the week is concerned, any other things that we should look out for? All pretty quiet, frankly. We have uh, China and Japan have been on holiday all of this uh, this week, so Asia's been quite muted. We have China Services PMI tomorrow, which should uh, should show a, quite a strong bounce from uh, the Chinese uh, the Lunar New Year break. But really, it's going to all be about this non-farm payrolls on Friday. Plus, of course, you have some action there in the UK tomorrow in the shape of the Bank of England. Jeff, as ever, pleasure to speak to you. Have a very good rest of the week. And to you, thanks very much for inviting me. The Oanda Podcast.